This episode is sponsored by Pearson Instruments. Brad Pearson is a luthier and guitar tech based in South Vancouver in the Marpole neighborhood. He's also a bassist who plays in the jazz scene and is a big supporter of local music in general. Take your string instruments to Brad to get them sounding beautiful and feeling great. Brad is always quick to turn around repair jobs and will put in all the work your instrument needs. Go to pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more about Brad and what he does. That's pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more. Thanks to Brad for sponsoring the show. This episode is also sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in New Westminster run by owner and engineer Anthony Senorini. Anthony has worked with award-winning acts in all genres, and he's known for his professional approach to making great records at affordable prices. Make your 2023 memorable with your next production, recording, or mixing project. Go to 12thstreet.ca to learn more. That's 12thst.ca to learn more. Thanks to Anthony at 12th Street for sponsoring the show. The truth is when you're playing live, you're not just hearing the four instruments on stage. You're also hearing all of the reverberation off of the room, like the crowd. You can never fully replicate a recording anyway, so you may as well just have fun in the studio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and today we are speaking with vocalist and keyboardist Nashlyn Lloyd of the band Frankie. Frankie are a dream rock group that incorporates elements of Laurel Canyon folk, Americana, along with surf and psychedelic rock to create a hazy, ethereal sound that feels both classic and timeless. On this episode, we reflect on the band's impending 10-year anniversary and dive into their second record, Between Dreams, out June 2nd on Paperbag Records. Before we get to our chat with Nashlin, here's the lead track off of Between Dreams. This is Visions. Happy to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. What music are you listening to currently? Um, well, that's a good question. I don't know. When I'm working, I listen to a lot of lo-fi beats. As do I. <laughs> and um, yeah, what have I been listening to? Honestly, I really love Harry Styles. <laughs> and I listen to that album. I need a new summer album of the year for this summer coming up because I'm still listening to uh, Harry's House. And uh, I don't know. I can't keep listening to that. Album of the again. Year by <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah, so Not a good. controversial choice at all. <laughs> I know, but it's so good. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just can't deny when something's really good. It's just really good. <laughs> I know, because I haven't listened to him that much, but I know he's uh, kind of been going in like a bit of an art pop sort of direction kind of channeling like peter gabriel a little bit or something like that yeah i mean i don't know i like it because it's like chill pop but then also has like funky undertones and like jazziness to it so i i don't know i appreciate that um i definitely don't shy away from pop and guilty pleasures like if that's what i want to listen to that's what i'm going to listen to but i listen to like everything in the spectrum so i don't know it's hard to really nail it down do you have like one guilty pleasure or a couple of guilty pleasure artists ah uh, well i mean i also love ariana grande and justin bieber so <laughs> <laughs> if i'm just being honest <laughs> yeah a lot of people are unabashed about that so i always found the, the guilty pleasure thing as much as i just asked it i always found that was kind of a kind of a bit of a weird thing with music where it's just like well you know I like what I like. What's what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm always like my uh, partner. He's also in a band, and we are always like bouncing music off of each other back and forth with um, uh, like very different influences. Like we really like like French indie pop, and then um, he's really into like uh anything that sounds anything like Weezer because he's obsessed with Weezer um so we I don't know we I honestly listen to like everything so it's really hard for me to nail down exactly um what I'm listening to right now because it's just a constant stream 
Yeah, fair enough. I feel the same way. I like having uh, what I call like YouTube uh, YouTube roulette with my uh, with my roommate, where we just like pass controller back and forth and throw on a song, yeah. preferably with a music video. Yes, yeah, because totally. phone recordings of live live shows just don't cut it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there's a great song. Oh, there's no music video. Shoot. Yeah. Also, my friends recently put out, um, you know, the band Fur Trade. Oh, I actually am not familiar with them. Gotta check them out. It's um, Parker Bosley, who has his own solo project, but was also in the Gay 90s. And then Steve oh, Bays. Heard of the Gay, ni- gay 90s. Yeah. So yeah. he was the lead singer of that. And then Steve Bays uh, from Hot Hot Heat and a bunch of other projects like Mounties and stuff. They have, they finally like resurrected Fur Trade. And I've been listening to the singles they've put out. Um, and I got to hear some of the unreleased songs and sound so good. But anyway, that sounds really great. Um, and then, like, my friend Dougal put out an album earlier this week, too, uh, or, like, a couple singles from this EP that he's putting out. Um, he's from Victoria. So I don't know. I think my favorite music to listen to is, like, the music that my friends put out because <laughs> it's just, I don't know, really exciting to, like, feel connected to your friends and, like, you know, when people are just putting their heart into everything and then realizing how great it is that they just keep putting it out there and keep going and getting better and better over the years. And it's so awesome to hear that. Yeah. It always makes me most excited when a local act puts out something that I really like and I'm really stoked on. Yeah. Even more so than like, I mean, obviously there's tons of international artists that I love, but yeah, especially I think this speaks to my role as the host for this show. I gotta be that excited. I mean, it's huge to have like, to really get into the scene. And I think that's something that for me has been kind of lost since the pandemic is the uh, like the intense community that was there. Like that was really hard for those mm-hmm. few years. And I feel like personally, I'm still struggling to really get back into that, um, that like community aspect. I know it's out there and people are playing shows again and it's awesome. But um, like for me, uh, just like diving back into that, sometimes it's hard. I feel like the whole scene got a little bit um broken for a while uh and now i'm just trying to like find my way back i guess in a way yeah i i found that like social even basic things like social interactions i'm like uh, <laughs> uh, hi am yeah. i allowed to shake your hand yeah <laughs> totally stuff like that but a lot of great stuff has been put out online for oh, yeah. the past few years since then and you know shows are happening and it's it's great like yeah, it's awesome. Um, the drummer in our band, Trevor, uh, he is also in another project called Weightless. And I haven't gotten to see his band yet, but I've seen stuff online and they're just crushing it too. It looks so awesome. I can't wait to check it out. So yeah, it's, yeah, there's definitely like, it's all happening again. So it's time to dive back in for sure. Hell yeah. So how did Frankie come together? Frankie started in December 2013 so like almost 10 years ago 10 years (laughs) which is pretty wild um and back then like fran and i knew each other because we both worked as interns at network records a long time ago i was a marketing intern and she was a uh on the publishing side of things and we started going to shows together um and then a I guess a couple of years later, she was hosting an open mic night at, um, what's it called? Like that winery that's down by, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was a winery in Railtown. Um, and so we reconnected at this open mic and she had written some songs and I'd been writing some songs. Uh, so we decided to jam and our original drummer, Zoe, um, and her had recently connected, so we brought Zoe in, and then her roommate, Sam, just came in and was our bass player. So that's how we started back in 2013, and within two weeks of being a band, we already had, like, three shows booked somehow. Wow. <laughs> so we played those shows, and we just started calling ourselves Frankie, because um, the first show, like, they booked it before we'd even had a proper jam, so it was going to be uh, Frankie and Zoe, and then... Um, they're like, well, there's four of us now, so let's just call it Frankie and we'll figure it out later. Um, but now we're still Frankie. So (laughs) with two eyes, (laughs) yeah, with two eyes, we have to add another eye. There's so many Frankies out there. Can you believe it? And now if you put in two eyes, Google just corrects it anyway. So it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could, it could be worse. There's i I'm sure you've heard of them, the band, the internet. 
Oh, that's like tough. Least Googleable name. I mean, yeah. they're big, but still, it's like the internet band. <laughs> yeah. My favorite band name out there right now is uh, CEO at business.net. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so good. That they're yeah, best music too. You gotta check it out. There's like a digital hardcore band I discovered recently called MS Paint. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. on the nose. So uh you know, as you mentioned, the band's been active since uh twenty thirteen. How has Frankie changed and evolved as a group and as artists, especially since the release of your debut album, Forget Your Head, back in twenty nineteen? I mean, it's been honestly a really long journey it's funny i was just like going back through i i don't really do this very often but i was just going back through our instagram feed (laughs) a couple days ago and i was like wow we have done so many random things like over the years um we put out our first like we put out kind of like live demos um i think in 2014 and then we did like an ep like a self-released ep in 2015 um called Girl of Infinity. And those kind of got us started with just playing tons of shows. It was crazy. We started, like we got to play our first music festival was Edge of the World Festival in Haida Gwaii, um, which I remember at the time I was so nervous about. It's so magical up there in Haida Gwaii. Um, And then we started just gigging like all the time. We were gigging like every month at least. and so I think for the first five years, it was the four of us originally. And then Sam decided to leave because she moved to Tofino. Um, and now she actually is running the Savory Island Resort. Um, she, like, bought it and is running it. So if you ever need to go on a vacation, I'm just going to plug for her. Go to the Savory Island Resort. It's so awesome there. Um, and uh, so we brought Vicky on, who she was in our band for a couple of years as the bass player. But even then, since then, uh, like we've done so, it's crazy. Like we've played like in Mexico now and like we did a couple tours down to Mexico. We toured around the UK and France and we've gone out east a bunch uh, to like New York and Montreal and Toronto. So it's pretty crazy like going from camp believing that we got to play the Biltmore to like getting to like, I think some of the highlights have been like, opening for the charlatans at like the Danforth Music Hall and like being on the Strombo show and like um and like yeah touring around the UK was so fun we had such a good time so it's just wild the way things can kind of unfold and like you just put the energy in and suddenly you're like in New York with your three best friends you know like playing shows and somehow people show up. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Vicky uh, was the last couple shows she had with us last year was at South by Southwest. And then she wanted to uh, pursue like her graphic design work. She's an amazing artist. Um, So now Jody Glenham. uh, Do you know Jody? Oh yeah, I know Jody. Had her on the show. Yeah, she's great. So she's playing with us and she's been playing with us since last summer. Um, Yeah, and now we're going to get ready to put out this album that we recorded through like some of the like darkest dingiest pandemic days um we're finally getting to put it out and tour it uh down to la um and uh yeah (laughs) awesome i'll definitely want to dig into a couple details uh a bit uh as you mentioned you know jody glennam plays uh, bass for the band now which is awesome uh, what's it been like playing and collaborating with her, considering her solo materials in a similar dream rock vein? Oh, I mean, Jody is just a pro. Like, she is so chill and so professional about all the stuff that she does, uh, and a, obviously, great musician. So, having her in the band has been um, like the easiest transition ever. Like, she knows how to just pick up any song so quickly. She also helped write some pretty great bass lines on the last couple songs that we decided to uh, like re-record and add to the album at the end of it. Um, so yeah, she's great. And then we actually, last summer, we had to play a couple of gigs where we were supposed to play for like three hours. Um, so we would take turns also doing a couple like uh, solo or duo acoustic-y songs. And she jumped up on the mic and played some of her songs. And she's just such a great artist. Yeah, it's awesome working with her. Really handy being able to pull from her catalog as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. She's got great songs. 
<laughs> Your lead vocalist, Fran, now lives in L.A. with the rest of the band based in Vancouver. How does the group navigate this distance and make the most of the time you have available to rehearse and re- record together? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, we don't know how permanent it is. The reason they moved down is because her partner is, uh, he's like a really great, Jeremy Wallace McLean, he's a really great um, uh, like music composer for film and television. So he's been seeing a lot of success down in the States. So they went down to kind of pursue that a little more with the goal of being down there for about a year. So seems like a good opportunity also for Fran and maybe me indirectly to like get uh, more entrenched in the LA music scene because we've always wanted to explore that more. So I think like so far we this the album that we're putting out now I'm going to tour we played it so much last summer that we're ready to play it we're going to just fly down a little early uh and like uh warm up a little bit with each other uh for a couple days before we play the shows down there and start touring um but yeah I think the hard part will be um like songwriting going forward like will we be able to like collaborate online or will we have to fly and meet each other for like writing sessions that's still a question but other than that like we've been putting out music videos and stuff and Flan- Fran's already flown back a couple times to do things that we've had to do with like uh yeah videos and um stuff like that so we'll see but um, yeah, the harder part really is like Fran's like one of my best friends. So her being in LA is really <laughs> kind of rough for me. Cause like, uh, I don't know, you can only FaceTime so much. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It's like the pandemic all over again. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which over the course of the band's 10 year run, you and Fran make up the core members of the group, especially since you're the two original, uh, two original members. What is it about your relationship as creative partners that's mutually beneficial and fulfilling oh there's tons um like we're actually very different people Fran and I I would say um but I think we have really complementary strengths which is helpful like writing together music wise is definitely like I feel like lyrically I really need her help uh sometimes I, I don't feel as confident lyrically, I think, as she does. And then, um, like, musically, I definitely have, like, a more trained background than her, which, like, there's pros and cons to that. So, like, being able to work with each other in ways that, um, like, are more, like, feeling-based versus, like, logic-based, I think we, like, really help each other that way. Um, and then even just, like, our, like, personality-wise, like, she's a lot better at um like all the outgoing person reaching out to people stuff than me. Um, I definitely am a little more scared of rejection than her. (laughs) So uh, she's a really good hustler. Um, But then as far as like business stuff goes, like like generally I find I'm more like organized (laughs) than her. And I think she would agree. So um, yeah, it's, it's been like over the years we've evolved to really understand each other's strengths there's definitely been times when we've like butted heads um pretty hard and not just her and me but all of us in the band together because it can you know being in a band can be kind of emotional sometimes um but yeah like it's been 10 years and we're still doing it so they're like and she's like become one of my best friends and that's how it is it's great (laughs) so between dreams your new album is steeped in psychedelia and i'm curious as to what were some of the records and artists that you used as a reference point while writing and recording this release? Definitely. I mean, a lot of people say that we sound like some of our songs, like Visions, sound like Fleetwood Mac. Um, and I mean, we love Fleetwood Mac. And so that's that's fine. But <laughs> But I don't know, like the psychedelia part it's kind of hard to say. Like, it's really, like, my taste and Fran's taste, first of all, are quite different. So sometimes we'll think about songs very differently. Like, she will literally think it is about a completely different topic than I think it's about. And I think that's cool that we, like, see things so differently. Um, some of the songs, like, Cruel, I personally, I know it sounds nothing like them, but I felt like at the time it sounded like Broncho, and I know it doesn't, but it's weird how when you, like, have an image in your head, uh, 
like something's got to happen and then something comes out and it's always different than what you're actually referencing. And I really like that. Um, what else? What else do we reference? I don't know. It's really hard to say. Might have to come back to this one. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I just, um, it's funny you mentioned an artist being like, oh, this, this song sounds like this artist and it, it doesn't, but you like capture the spirit of it. I know with a band I'm in, we have a song where, especially the chorus to me, it sounds like Queens of the Stone Age, but yeah. our songwriter doesn't like that band at all. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it sounds like Queens of the Stone Age, man. It's just like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of our songs, like like the bridge of um, Garden, I think Garden, yeah, to me sounds like uh, Pink Floyd, and uh, Fran like also sees that. So sometimes we do agree, um, but yeah, it it can vary. Like, it's hard for me to bring up bands that in that have influenced because a lot of the time it's like tons of indie bands that we've gone out to see that have like influenced me in many ways over the years and I think that's true for Fran too so it's I wouldn't say it's just like a couple of clear references we just write whatever comes out which I think is an amalgamation of like all the hundreds of bands that we've been inspired by you know yeah and I imagine in some cases it's like you're inspired by a band but not necessarily because of the music they play in terms of like stylistically yeah like for me like everybody getting up there and putting themselves out there is inspiring. Like, like, you know, some people are further along in their journey than others, but if you're getting up there and like being vulnerable in front of people and like being real and authentic, like that is inspiring no matter what, whatever genre it is. Like I'm always just stoked to see people play music. I saw the other day I saw um, French Kiwi Juice Oh yeah, yeah. One of my uh, coworkers like turned me on to them. Yeah, that was a great show. I love um, how he's able to play so many different. Like you can tell he's kind of in- influenced by a lot of different genres. Like there's dance music going on, but then he's like clearly a good jazz musician as well. So um, for me, like if if our music kind of floats through a few different genres, like I like I love psychedelia music, but I I. I can see how like we also fall into this like folk like ish inspired world too. So it's great because we end up getting to play in more diverse different types of festivals and stuff like that and like open and play with a lot of different bands. So yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Definitely more opportunities available than say being like death metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of chameleon uh energy and then you can, you know go go into like unique places you didn't think you'd end up it's awesome totally the new record once again features uh, jason corbett of actors as producer how would you describe the creative dynamics between the band and him especially considering you know the band's sound is a bit adjacent to the post-punk and goth rock acts that jason more commonly works with mm-hmm. yeah so jason produced our first album our first full-length album too um and Honestly, it it it's been a great partnership because um, I felt like it was like light and dark kind of hitting each other in this like really beautiful way where um, he kind of brought like, I remember like our first album specifically, like most of our songs were in three, four times. So it's very like waltzy. <laughs> and he was like, okay, let's get a little bit of like swing out of there and like, like let's just try and see if some of these songs can be a little more like straightforward temporal beat like post-punk new wave like what he does um and it was really fun because it sort of made some of the songs sound kind of like disco-y and stuff um so I think for us it was a fun challenge and then this album I feel like we really since the one before uh Fran and I and the band had really matured more as like musicians as well so um and we learned a lot from Jason in the last one about like tone because he's like so great at tone uh with synthesizers and like a billion guitar pedals that he has so we were I think this time Fran and I were able to like articulate like more technically the sounds that we wanted um which made it really fun to work with him because like we trust each other. Like we know that it worked last time and this time it just like was easy and good. The only like challenging difference was um, because of the pandemic and not having played to these played live 
um, any of these songs before we recorded them. Um, we decided to uh, we decided to like record the, all the songs over top of drum loops first before bringing in like live drum sounds with the intention of um, chopping stuff up and moving it around and like playing with the song structure um, because we could because we'd never played them live so we we're like oh maybe we, we need more room for experimentation but uh, I don't know if it honestly that part of it I don't know if that part totally worked as well as we'd wanted so when we because when we brought drums in after it was hard to like match the uh, emotional like tone of the song with the drums like because I feel like for me uh, like playing along with what the drummer's doing really affects the way I play you know um, so that was a challenge but I think like we learned a lot by doing that and ultimately Trevor was able to like really make those songs awesome and then we recorded a couple more after uh, like the old way because we've been able to play some songs all summer live and then those ones I mean you like I personally kind of think you can hear the difference on those songs but uh, yeah that's just the way it goes because with certain songs you didn't have the opportunity to perform any of them live did that give the band an opportunity to be more experimental in terms of like oh hey you know we can uh who cares if we couldn't if we aren't able to replicate this perfectly on stage oh yeah uh totally like i think the great part was we had time because, uh, you know, we never knew <laughs> when it was going to end. Nope. <laughs> so that took a lot of the pressure off. And because we weren't playing shows all the time, it was like we were able to record a little bit and then go back and jam and then work out a part and then like mess around with it in the studio a bit. So that whole process was like really interesting to do, to be able to take your time on a song, uh, change stuff around, like add new layers and yeah totally like we definitely can't play every instrument that's on the album (laughs) like uh there's a lot going on there um but yeah i don't know i would say yes to your to your question yeah is any (laughs) song specifically where you're like oh the we're we're gonna it's gonna have to sound really different live but who cares (laughs) anyone where was there any specific track where you're just like just more more layers more more horns (laughs) more strings i mean i've been like this with every album and rep but i always add way more vocals like like in terms of harmonies than are possible because i love harmonies we'd need like a full choir for some of the songs um I don't even know. Like, definitely the end of Golden Days. Uh, we have like a whole bunch of vocals on there, and like crazy like guitars, more guitars than could be played, along with like all these droney synths. So, um, yeah, that one. I mean, I think like I think there's a difference though with like recording in live. Like, the truth is, when you're playing live. Um, you're not just hearing the four instruments on stage. You're also hearing all of the reverberation off of the room, like the crowd, um, and things are coming from like real different angles instead of like this fake one that's made up with mixing in your head. So I, I feel like you can never fully replicate a recording anyway, so you may as well just have fun in the studio and then have fun live and understand that they're just going to be different. That's my that's my take. What do you think? Oh, just in terms of, um, <laughs> yeah, really the, oh, like when it comes to experimentation, I'm <laughs> really just adding everything. Like I'm all for yeah, just, just adding whatever you can do in the studio to make the sound song sound even better. Why not? Like that's a, it, you know, I, um, I had mentioned what this, we were walking in that like, uh, the band I'm in, we have a record that we we completed recently, and we're going to be uh, dropping it in the next couple months. Nice. Um, and there's some there's some elements on a couple songs where like we literally don't have a keyboardist, so there's some keyboard parts on the, on the record <laughs> yeah. that just won't be there, but that's okay. Totally. I think it, it also like um uh it gives you an opportunity to well it gives like fans an opportunity to, like oh I get to hear a completely different version of this song in a live setting. For sure. Yeah. Like. Um, actually Ashley Ball from, uh, like Hey Ocean and she's got her own project too. Um, she played flute on Passion Fruit. Um, I heard about that. Yeah. It sounds so good. I love when she plays, uh, on it, but, um, 
she actually the, last summer she happened to be on Salt Spring Island on a boat with her partner and uh <laughs> and we were playing a show there and she we just ran into her in the street and we were like uh, do you want to come play flute with us tonight uh at this show and she's like yeah for sure so she just showed up and played flute and then she ended up playing flute on a few songs and we did like uh experimental jam at the end so um yeah that was really fun <laughs> but she definitely yeah she that was a one-time only mm. thing so far <laughs> Not uh, pursuing a, a long-term flautist in the band. Oh, flautist, I would love flautist, that. I, I mean, if one. she wants to come on the yeah. road with us, that, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> be like indie Jethro Tall. No, that's a little, might be a, a step too far. <laughs> um, the, the record, as we've uh, kind of uh, touched on, the record was written for the most part in quarantine. I'm curious as to how the themes of this release tie into the surreal nature of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I think that's partially why we called it Between Dreams, because it felt like this, like, in-between state that uh, was really hard to navigate um, for everyone, obviously. But as an artist, you know, it's weird because, like, your whole identity is sort of wrapped up in your art a lot of the time. Um, well, not your whole identity, but it, it's a really important part. And... So suddenly when that's sort of taken away, it's like really confusing and hard to stay motivated to keep going. Somehow we did. We still were jamming like um, at least a couple times a month. And then we ended up writing more, which I didn't. Honestly, I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. And we finished a whole album. Um, and and now it's like it sort of feels like looking back on it, like, was that all a dream? Like, it's weird, like, this weird, like, thing in your life that happened, and now we've all just sort of moved on. Um, but, yeah, it did, I mean, we did write stuff, and it, and it, and now we're on the other end of that, and we're going to put it out. Um, uh, one of the lead singles, Visions, is entirely about that sort of theme of, like, reality versus, like, a dream state and like what's the difference really and does it even matter like at the end of the day you kind of just have to embrace whatever you're in and experience it as fully as you can which is hard to do sometimes but I think for me that's what that song's about is um yeah just diving in no, no matter what kind of crazy uh trip this is you know Kind of in a similar vein, I understand the song Garden came together as the result of a writing retreat on the Sunshine Coast while Passion Fruit was written in part in Morocco and Vancouver. How did the environment in which the songs were conceived inform the development of these tracks? It's something I'm always curious about when bands like, oh, we recorded in a fancy studio in LA or oh, we recorded in the cabin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we've done a lot of writing in different cabins that seems to be a thing that we like to do um but yeah my uh my I have a lot of family that lives in Powell River so we were up there and uh we just went for like a week did some writing in the summertime and then at night we had campfires because those were allowed up there and there's so many stars up in Powell River like if you look up in the sky at night in the summer it's just so great and um, we're often like down by the ocean so and there's like phosphorescence and things so it, it's just sometimes living like I've, I was living uh, the past few years at Maine and Broadway and uh, like just being surrounded by concrete and like all those buildings going up around like Olympic Village and and more now just there's tons um, being able to get away to somewhere like Powell River it's just, I don't, like, I'm constantly yearning for that. Like, I, I personally really need nature, so it just fills me up. I don't know, everyone's like that, but, um, yeah, so the lyrics definitely are just, like, an absolute representation of that energy of just being literally by a campfire looking up at the stars, as dorky as that is. <laughs> but that is kind of what it's about. It's just about, like, appreciating like the awe of nature and how amazingly um, beautiful it is to look up there. My family has a property up in uh, Asoyas in the Okanagan, and whenever I go up there, I always love uh, just driving the, the drive up because you uh, I'm always struck by like, oh my God, so much of this 
gigantic country is completely untouched. Yeah. Just trees everywhere. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how we all huddle together and we're like right by the border. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's actually so much space out there. But I guess like we all just kind of need each other. Like we want to be close to each other. But then it's like too much sometimes. We're like Mm. compound on top of each other. And also it's it's really cold up in the northern. It's also cold up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that white horse is quite nice though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been once a long time ago. Yeah, there's a lot of nature out there. Yeah. <laughs> and the sun stays up. Oh, yeah, that real midnight late. sun sounds wild. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know, like, well, blackout curtains, I guess that's how you, yeah, make, I guess so, yeah. you make it work. <laughs> One thing I noticed with the with the record is that Stone Song, which is the final track off of your previous album, Forget Your Head, appears as a new version on Between Dreams. Nice. What led you to resurrect this particular song? Well, that song was kind of written at the end of the last album, so that's why we recorded it. Uh, it wasn't completely like finished in our minds in the last album, but we really liked it. So Fran and I actually recorded that one just with a mic in her um, room one day, and then we liked how it sounded, and it was really like raw like there wasn't really any editing that happened to it i just threw some reverb on it i think compressors or something um and uh and so we just thought like let's just add this at the end it could be like a nice little bonusy track for people um and i think it's nice because for people to just hear sometimes especially with um like jason's very like um like pushes puts things to like more of a metronome like timed stuff because that's his style. So just having something that's a little more like fluid and live sounding sometimes is nice. Um, but then we really loved the song. So we thought like, let's try and like do it with the band and see what it sounds like with all of us together. And that was really fun to play too. So we thought, well, let's just record it and see how it turns out. And we really liked it. So we added it also to the album. Why not? Why not have it twice? <laughs> yeah, I always find that fun when bands like like do new versions of an older song yeah that's something i'm hoping my band does but that's an ongoing <laughs> conversation. nice do it yeah Just do no, it. seriously we have some songs where well because we talked about um talked about the difference between studio and live tracks the, yeah the first two releases i don't want to don't want to overtake this with my own band but the first two releases we put out were like bedroom recordings oh so when yeah. you play them live they sound wildly different so oh like, interesting should re-record some of these well i think there is space for like when you're saying like one of our songs like has piano on it but uh we don't have a piano player in the band i i, yeah. I mean i think there's room for and i wish i had done that with my solo project actually that i had a few years ago having the recorded version and then having a full other like live acoustic version that's why people do it because they're different things like it sounds great to hear both and they're both equally as satisfying in their own way so do it <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm pushing i'm trying <laughs> what song off of between dreams means the most to you and why oh wow that's such a hard question it's like which is your favorite baby I love asking <laughs> um i don't know i mean uh like my the one i'm probably most proud of is visions um because well first of all like the whole album was already recorded and done and we sent it to the label uh like a year ago a year and a half ago the whole album was basically done um but they listened to it and they were like it's a great album but um there's no like fast radio singles on it also, we sent it to them too early. It wasn't worst com- feedback you yeah. want to hear. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have a hit. It's like, but we like. These I songs. know. Yeah. I, well, we also hadn't finished mixing it entirely, so I think we sent it to them too early. Always finish your work mm-hmm. entirely before you send it to your label or whatever. Um, so it was. Yeah. It just. Uh, but in we decided to accept the challenge and go out and like keep writing some stuff. Um, so visions, we actually started co-writing it with Parker Bosley and, uh, like he helped us a little bit get the first ideas from things, but it evolved like quite intensely from that. It took like, we spent another, like at least six months on it, just Fran and I, um, and then Jody and Trevor had some good ideas. Actually, Vicky, I think was maybe in there a little bit too. Um, so it really evolved a lot. Um, we made the chorus like visions, visions, and we recorded it with, um, with Connor head on, 
in Victoria at Catalog Studios in like last summer at the end of last summer so we'd actually already played the song like live a bunch before we recorded it um and i think i'm really proud of it because i've never really like got like taken that much charge in sort of a producer sort of stance like um connor was really good at uh like oh he's a really good engineer and so he was able to like set stuff up really quickly so that you could like when you had an idea, you could just go with it. And he's like so talented with like getting uh, the mics already and going with that. Um, he added some great ideas, too. But we like we really recorded we recorded Visions and Cruel in two days, like the whole thing um, at Catalog Studios and just like it was a little nerve wracking to go in there without doing any pre-pro or anything and just like showing up and recording these songs and being like, okay, we're going to record these and then we're going to add them to the album and they're going to be the singles. But, um, they really worked out. Like I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to keep going and then actually follow through with writing a single and it's turned out quite good. I don't know. I love it. It's a good song. What themes and topics do you explore on the record? Uh, the l- lyrical subjects sound quite eclectic, especially the song Crystal Eyes. <laughs> yeah, Crystal Eyes is about my cat. <laughs> well, my mom actually wrote the lyrics to Crystal Eyes, but she said I could keep all the copyrights, so that's nice. She didn't really, well, she wrote a poem and then I adapted her poem. But um, yeah, the topics are very varying on the album um we don't write too much about like love or like relationships or anything um I mean there's a little bit of that in there but I think it's mostly like for me my topics generally seem to be about like feeling lost and then like um trying to find like direction from that so like even garden in a way is kind of like that because you know like feeling kind of like lost in a city um and then Passion Fruit is a love song, um, and it's Fran writing about uh, her partner, Jer, and it's a beautiful song. I love that song. Um, and then, I mean, Cruel is just about narcissism. And then Rich is actually about a, like, magical quest. Ooh. <laughs> that one's some, very some, odd. <laughs> some power metal, like, high fantasy stuff? Or? Uh, it's like, you know... Yeah, how uh, Led Zeppelin used to write, like, all of their, uh, like, Lord of the Rings-inspired... Oh, like, Ramble On. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. Uh, So we tried to do our, like, uh, female version of that, or... Yeah, I don't know. Um, So we got that song, and then I think my favorite song, actually... I know I just said it was Visions, but my favorite song might actually be Golden Days... Um, which is the last track on the album. And it's the first one we wrote, actually, for this album. And it is about, it is sort of about um, our last drummer, Zoe, leaving the band. Um, And also just the band in general and the way it evolves. Golden Days, it's kind of talking about like, like one last dance, I know that this is goodbye. And so it's sort of about... um, that tough feeling of like saying goodbye to somebody and like the great times that you had together. But then like, um, just knowing that it was all worth it. Like, even if it's kind of painful, you know, uh, which can apply to a lot of relationships, but I think with like bands, you do end up having really special and intense relationships with your bandmates a lot of the time. Um, and it can be really hard when somebody moves on. I mean, we've like Zoe and I didn't talk to each other for like, uh, like a little over a year. Um, and I don't even really know why I think I was just so sad about it. Um, but now we're now like me and Sam and Zoe hung out like a few weeks ago and it's just the best feeling. Like I love hanging out with them. They're like my soul sisters, you know? Yeah. It's hard. Like bands can get really intense and then it's hard to keep it, keep everybody together. So you just got to let people do what they got to do, you know? Yeah, bands are weird arrangements. <laughs> yeah, they're like sort of like a marriage with like three other people. <laughs> it depends how intense you get. Like, I don't know, you can get more intense than you need to sometimes. Because like, you have to be 
intense <laughs> enough to actually get shit done. But <laughs> yeah. There's also like, there's a degree to which we're like, you know, you got to balance like taking things seriously, but also having fun with it. Cause you're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. Not having fun. What the hell's the point? Exactly. I mean, things get too serious sometimes. And like, I've had to remind myself like in the early years, especially like I really wanted to be super intense about this band. Like I wanted, like, I don't know, like I was young. I was like, I just want to get world famous or whatever, like is silly. But in the end, it's like, you're really just on a journey with like your best friends. Like that's what it is actually all about. Mm -hmm. So taking it too seriously doesn't make any sense. It's like, like, actually, I was uh, reading about this study the other day that the people that are happiest and live longest are the people with the best relationships. So, I mean, it seems so obvious, but mm -hmm. it's just something that needs to, like, I need to remind myself of. And I, I think that, like, people got to, like, really take note of, like, if you want to live a long, happy life, you got to, like, put friendship first. And that's what a band is, like, ultimately. Well put. <laughs> the band has shared uh, the stage with a wide range of local and international acts, including UK Britpop group The Charlatans, which you mentioned earlier earlier on in this chat. Uh, who have been some of your favorite acts to play with? Oh, man. So many. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, opening for The Charlatans on that tour was definitely the most um, epic in terms of, like getting to play for bigger audiences and at a pro level tour that we'd ever done. Um, like what I, one of our highlight shows that we all thought was um, playing elsewhere in Brooklyn. It was like sold out and um, like that show was so great. Um, so those kind of getting an opportunity to open for like a higher level band is obviously epic and I would love to do that again. Um, but, but I also really love playing with, um, like when we were in the UK, we got to play a lot of shows with our friends Bad Animal, um, who aren't really playing anymore, but they've joined other bands. Well, Trevor actually we, was the drummer in Bad Animal, and or he was a guitar player, and we've stolen him, and he's now our drummer. Um, but that was so fun, like getting to play. They they were on the same management as us, um, so we were playing like a lot of the same shows and kind of touring um, in the same towns. We were like similar level, so. Um, that's just fun because you get to party together. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of my favorite thing to do, honestly, is like when you find bands that like they feel like you're, you're buds and then you want to go on tour. Um, and then uh, like, I mean, similarly, like I'm really good friends. Like all of my best friends are in the band Blonde Diamond. Um, and so whenever we get to play shows together, that's, we just know we're going to party and that's really fun too. Like we, we, I mean, we hang out all the time despite, um, like, I, I don't think we've played a show together in a few years, but yeah. And then I don't know, we've gotten to play, play for people that I'm like, wow, how'd this happen? Like we got to open for Ariel Pink once. That was crazy. Um, we got to open for, uh, Frankie and the Witch Fingers and they were so good. The drummer is like crazy good. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Like it's been so many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's some good highlights though. What does the band have planned to promote the release of Between Dreams, and what are you up to for the rest of 2023? Yeah. So we, um, well, in Vancouver, we're going to be playing June 9th, a double album release with Winona Forever at Green Auto. So that's what everyone should go to because that's going to be the biggest party. There's going to be like four bands and I think they're doing the indoor stage and the outdoor stage. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I guess it's that time of year that they can break out the outdoor stage again. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, and then we're going down to LA before that to play. We have three shows booked there and then we're playing in Seattle as well. Um, we're getting to play the It's a School Night uh, showcase in LA, which I actually lived in LA like um, a little over 10 years ago and it had just started and I remember going to those and being like, wow, musicians are so cool. I wish I could be a musician. <laughs> and now I get to play it, so there you go. <laughs> Dream fulfilled. <laughs> Dream fulfilled, <laughs> yeah. So that'll be cool. Um, and then I think we do have some shows coming up later in the summer um, in BC, but uh, they haven't been announced yet, so I can't really 
chat about those, but stay tuned. Um, and then we do have one more music video that's going to come out with the album as well for Golden Days. Nice. Yeah, a lot of lot on the plate, and yeah, it's exciting to, especially I imagine getting out of the kind of moving not only out of the pandemic but moving out of the recording cycle and now having it out in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it like it definitely took a lot longer than we thought. We re we remixed the album a couple of times too. Like Jeremy uh, Wallace McLean did a little more mixing on everything as well, which was nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the it went through a lot of iterations of itself. So finally getting to this point is awesome, and I can't wait to just play. <laughs> what local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? Oh, wow. Well, you should probably interview Waitlist. They're really good. Yeah, probably. Do you know what they sound like? Uh, it's like kind of punk, like heavier stuff. Cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I haven't actually seen them live yet other than through Instagram, but like they look so great. So, yeah. Anyone else? Um, I don't know. You've had Jody on the show, right? Yep. <laughs> well, I haven't had Jody on the show in person. So oh, you better get her in Jody has a new release coming out that we'd probably time her on that. But yeah, it was a it was a quarantine episode. So Oh nice. Yeah. Nice to connect with her in person. <laughs> I mean, if I could just pitch all my friends. Uh interview Blonde Diamond. Um, you should interview Dougal. And uh I'll send you, I'll send more your way. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I think we'll uh, call it there. Does that feel good? Yeah, that's great. Thank All right. You. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at PacificSoundRadio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. This is Garden. Garden.